right, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. As promised, this is going to be the second half of the conversation that my colleague Joel Junker recently had with Melody Nye, Carl Case, Mike DeBox. So if you missed that episode, episode 139, go back and grab that one first because this is just going to be a continuation of, uh, of the conversation they were having. And so on this one, um, Joel asked our alumni, again, if you recall, 39 years of combined business experience, he asked them, what are some personal hacks or habits for self-development? Um, as, as we go, professionals go through valleys and slumps, we're at risk of making poor career decisions. So how do you overcome that and use that for career progression? And then gets into what does work look life Excuse me, what does work-life balance look like for you? And he asked each of them in their world and what that looks like. And then finally, some words of wisdom and parting device. And then, of course, you can see in the show notes as well, multiple books, podcasts, and authors were mentioned and brought up through the conversation. So I've either linked or mentioned them specifically in the show notes. You can go back and check out more of that. More of that. So without further ado, here's the second part of the conversation with Melody, Carl, and Mike. Um, which leads to this kind of this next thing, and I'd love to get all three of your perspectives. We'll let Melody start. Your personal like hacks for self-development. Like, what are your habits? What do you do to focus on self-development? And Melody, you could take this like what books do you read, blogs, podcasts, mentors. And, you know, I'd also like to hear it specifically, is there anything from a, a woman in leadership perspective and managing your career? Could you add anything in on that? Yeah. Wow. Career hacks. It's a big, it's a big one. Um, <laughs> no matter what you do, you have to stay on top of what's happening in your profession. Right. I think um, marketing is fascinating because it's always changing. It's what I've always loved about it. When I started out doing this, TikTok didn't exist. Now you have to do ads on TikTok, right? So, so staying on top of the trends, I subscribe to industry publications and I use newsletters a lot. People, I'm sorry, I read my email like an old person. There's a lot of really good newsletters out there in any any career progression a profession where you can just get like real time updates. Um, and I, and I do that and, and sign up for Google alerts too. That's always a, a good one. Google will tell you real quickly what you need to be looking at. Um, but beyond that, um, man, being a woman too, it's, t- I mean, it's always tough. Like, like it, it was tough in the military. It's tough now. Like I, I would never pretend to tell anybody that there isn't, you know, what, what we call it now is unconscious bias, right? Um, you don't, no one does it on purpose. It's a, that's why it's so subversive. It's an unconscious um, thing. You think about it, it affects a lot of groups of people, um, different minorities, women. And I think what I always tell people is being aware of that, but not letting it control your actions. Um, I, I show up as me, whatever, whatever meeting I'm in. Um, and you know, when you're, you're a leader, you're tough, but you're approachable people, people respect that people will gravitate towards you. Those are the kind of people that you want to be around regardless of gender or cultural background. So being true to who you are is, is the best advice I I ever give people. And then you got to find someone to support like what we were talking about earlier, a mentor, um, someone you can bounce ideas off of someone senior to you in the company, but someone whom you um, can really trust. Um, I'm fortunate to have landed at a company Mars, which is a 
has a, is also a family owned company, a little bit larger than Cameron Bricks, but it's the same, same um, space um, where the culture is collect collaboration and asking, um, calling up, I can call up the, you know, the global president and ask for 30 minutes to talk about my career and she'll give it to me. Um, take advantage of those people and those organizations and those cultures to, to actually take people up on that. Um, I know I said it before, but people will always want to help you if you just reach out and, and ask for their perspective. I want to just say one, build on one thing on that. Again, we had the, the C-suite people put advice out there. And um, there was one from a gentleman named Dave Barbuto transitioned to 2004 as well. And his biggest thing was, is that the Cameron Brooks, and he's talking about Cameron Brooks alum, the Cameron Brooks alum, the former veterans, they want to help reach out. They want to help. It could be cross industries. It could be cross companies to be able to help you. And that's a great, great way to learn. But thank you, Melody, for, for that. We probably could go into a whole nother webcast on what you talked about, unconscious bias and some of that experience. And I'm sure we need to have another, we should do a webcast on that. Um, Carl, your best practices on learning development, continuous learning and development that you would like to pass on to others. I mean, I love a good podcast. Um, uh, I, I, um, all the, all the Ted talk related, uh, podcasts. I love those. That's because um, you ride the subway every morning or something like that. And you have like 30. Yeah. Minutes. I mean, I've got an hour long commute, right? Yeah. So any, anything I can listen to that, uh, you know, I, I read emails or, you know, you know, just veg out and listen to some stuff is, is great. Um, uh, but you know, I, I, you know, not just in your own industry area, right? Um, I, folks on my team always know one of my uh, my favorite sayings is that innovation is just stealing things from other uh, domains and, and reapplying them to your space. So um, I, I like to hear a lot about um, innovations in other areas. Um, uh, how I Built This is a, it's a great podcast. Um, I, I love to go to conferences. Conferences are a great way to to stay up on your content, but I also love to go to conferences in slightly adjacent, you know, not entirely related space. So you'd, you'd think, you know, as a financial crimes guy, sure, I'm at the financial crimes conference. Most of that is business development and talking to clients, but I also like to just go to general technology and analytics conferences just so I can see, you know, stuff that the aerospace industry is doing or that manufacturing is doing in analytics to speed process improvement, because I can steal those ideas and apply them now to, to financial crimes technology and the finance space and financial services. And, um, you know, it might not be new in aerospace. They might have been doing it for 20 years, but it'll be brand new in, in FS. Uh, Carl, you know, you know, do you have a favorite podcast that you listen to that uh, you could plug here that might be helpful for people? Um, there, there's one in particular, it's called uh, Exponential Wisdom. Um, it, it talks a bit about, uh, it, you know, it takes some general ideas around, you know, how you make, how you take a small improvement. And if you think about tier two, tier three, tier four of that small improvement, how it drastically changes um, the, the way that we think and that we look at things, it really just gets your mind going on, um, at, at next, next level problem solving and downstream impacts. 
anecdotally, again, I keep chiming in here a little bit of, uh, I've been listening, using Audible to, as my drive back and work to consume books. It's almost like each chapter becomes a mini podcast and that exponential improvement, the book Atomic Habits is uh, something that builds on the exponential improvement. That's a plug for me that I'm, not me, but I'm reading the book now about just these 1% little changes can make a big change in everything that you do. And a plug for using your time when you're working out or when you're um, when you're uh, driving to, to listen to podcasts. What about you, Mike? What are some of your podcasts? Uh, I don't listen to podcasts, but I do a lot of reading um, and I do a lot of talking with people. Um, so I'm the guy that if you sit next to me on the plane, we're going to have a conversation and we're going to enjoy our time that we sit six, six inches away from each other. If you're lucky, two inches, if you're unlucky um, away from each other. And I'm going to learn as much as about you as a human and your profession and your career, because I believe that the best resource is your network. Um, and so the broader the network is, um, the broader you have the capacity to pull upon that network to help you learn or help you zero in on a specific topic or a specific issue that you're thinking through or, or facing. So books um, and an extraordinarily broad and meaningful network. And I misasked the question. Melody had to let in my old dog back into the room here. So I got distracted. Um, Mike, I meant to ask, what are your, 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 because I know you've been tied in with Maxwell. What do you do for self-development? Uh, I, 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 I read a lot. Um, so uh, I, I'm a big believer in finding an author that connects and, uh, and then following his or her literature all the way through the process. So I read a lot of uh, uh, books by Simon Sinek. I think his thought process um, is extraordinarily powerful. We'll start with the why. Um, I'm a big Maxwell reader. Um, I read a lot of entrepreneurial books. I thought uh, Delivering Happiness was a phenomenal book by a gentleman that unfortunately his life ended way, way, way too early. Um, but his story and his approach to business um, was so different than what everybody else's would. And then typically I take those books and I do, I do YouTube them like Carl talked about, you know, um, I think Ted talks are interesting. Um, but I, I typically YouTube their books and listen to them speak, um, in different audiences and so on and so forth, whether they're at Harvard or whether they're at Apple or they're at Google. Um, I try to find an environment where an author I respect is speaking and I listen very carefully to how they address and connect to the audience. Um, and I'll just chime in here. Some of the things that I do, I shared with, uh, I try to have uh, in a book on Audible, and I also try to keep one uh, book uh, that is non-pleasure. That you know, it's interesting, Mike. It's usually around faith, mm-hmm. uh, fitness, finances, or or family. And mm-hmm. I, if I'm doing something fun, uh, that usually for reading, that's usually on the side. But I usually have a one book that I rotate through through there, and then. I think one of the biggest things that I've learned in learning is, uh, and I learned this, unfortunately, I think I learned this too late in my career. I wanted to be, and I'm still in the middle. I got a long ways to go. I wish I had done it earlier. Is inviting more people in to conversations. I think sometimes I was a little bit, I wouldn't say I was autocratic, but I would have a very black, and I've, I've taken my personality as I'm a very black and white thinker. And the older I've gotten, the more th- I, I invite people into if this is the problem, what are you thinking? I think it was Bill Marriott, the, the founder, chairman of, of Marriott Hotels International's favorite phrase is, what do you think? And I try to keep that. And I think I just like, wow, I just, people don't see, this is obvious, right? But people don't see the world that you see the world. I'm sure Melody already knows that from marketing, um, but people don't see the world that you do. 
And because you see it a certain way doesn't always make it adamantly right. And I've, I've learned, we hired this one gentleman about two and a half years ago um, in talent acquisitions from another company. And I'm so glad we hired him because he brought a totally different way to think about our business that we so bad, we didn't even know it, but we so badly needed because the dynamics in our market were changing. The technology was changing. But if I was so beholden to, hey, this is work, this is our best practice, we would have fallen behind. So be open to other ideas. Ask other people what they think. Mike, the other thing I loved about you, going, I don't know what you mean by a bit of. I think this is what I've also learned. I've been on, on a, a joint, I was invited, asked to be on the board of our healthcare system, uh, uh, Hill Country Health here in the Hill Country of Texas. And I think that they like me and I think that they don't like me on the board. I'm constantly raising my hand and say, I don't, what do you mean by that? How come this? And like, oh, we never thought that most lay people don't get some run on healthcare providers. But ask questions, be curious. And you're not expected to always know the answer. Back to Melody's point, I think where we started off is I think as military officers, we're afraid. I'm supposed to do this, do it on my own. And if I ask, it's a sign of weakness. But I think corporate America, managers like it. Man, Mike's manager might be like, I'm glad you asked. Don't mention this to anybody else. It's like, <laughs> a funny story. Um, great, great topic. Okay, before we, I got one more question. I know we're, 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 we've only got like 20 more minutes. But I really think this is important because I think sometimes we talk about all the positive things that we can do to manage your career. But we go through valleys. I have to imagine, I mean, hopefully I'm not the only one. We go through valleys, we go through slumps, we go through stress. My experience is, is that during those is that I see, because I get to see a lot of careers, poor career decisions are made because of the slump in the valley. Instead of using that slump and that valley to slingshot us back up to something higher, I think sometimes I see, I, I not shouldn't say I think, I uh, sometimes see people bail. Not always the worst thing if it's a really bad one, but what's your experience on a slump, a valley, your hacks, your best practices, either you went through it or saw somebody go through, what did they do? How do you, how do you, how do you use that for your career progression? Yeah, I see people, I think we probably all do make a lot of bad decisions. Look, we all have bad days, bad years sometimes. The last couple of years have been particularly challenging. I think for for a lot of us, for a lot of businesses, for a lot of professions, for a lot of us personally. I mean, I apparently like Mike and an, ex an extreme extrovert and sitting at home in my house, talking to my computer all day is like the most depressing thing that ever happened to me. Um, but I, but you always have to remember, don't run away from something, run to something. Like we make our worst decisions when we're in these, I'll call it the trough of despair when we're in these like very low places and in those low places, I think you can trick yourself into thinking that anything is better than this, but that's never the case. You have to keep, again, I'll go back to like, what is your goal? And is this going to be a job, a role, a change that moves me towards that long-term goal that brings new experiences that I'm going to value into my life? Or am I just running away from something because I'm just going through a tough spot right now? I just put in the chat a book that uh, I was reading when my oldest daughter was going through sophomore year in college. It's called The Dip by Seth Godin. 
Um, and it's just, it's a short book, but it talks about how we go through these dips and the choices that we have and how working through the dip can actually slingshot you as I used earlier up to the top. So take a look at that. Carl, anything to add there on, I mean, I know, you know, New York, tough work, long hours, high travel, um, from your perspective, how do you navigate through this? Yeah. Uh, I mean, my, my advice is, is pretty simple, but you know, some of it's just to stay positive. Um, uh, there are going, there are going to be challenging times, I think in every career. Um, you know, so it's, so it's funny, the question got asked earlier, you know, how, how the heck do you make it, uh, as a partner in seven years? Well, I was very upset that I didn't make it in six <laughs> and in, in hindsight, you know, that didn't matter one bit. Um, but you know, at the moment, uh, you know, so, uh, it, it seemed like a, a crisis. Um, so, you know, some of it's about perspective, um, think, thinking about the long-term implications and, um, you know, just staying positive in the situation, right? Um, in, in that situation, it'd be very easy to kind of get in a slump and, uh, you know, let a year go to waste. Um, but, that, you know, looking back on it now, those were some of the times where I dug in, found some of the biggest challenges that um, I, I could solve, um, you know, address some of the biggest clients, some of the biggest projects that I could, and um, you know, made it made the best out of the situation. Um, and long-term in a career, I mean, I, I think I came out stronger for it. And it definitely would have been a mistake to do anything, you know, rash um, uh, in, that, in that valley uh, of my career. And, and I did, had no intention of coming here to talk about the, the last lecture by Randy Pausch, but it just comes up again. He talks in that book or in a, in a, is brick walls are built to make to keep other people out. I mean, are you going to go up over them or, or are you not? But they're there for the other people, not for you. And um, OK, well, we're going to without keeping everybody here for all night, let's, let's go over to the, the work life balance, which this is going to be interesting, in my opinion. Because I have a philosophy on this, and I don't know if it's everybody else's. <clears throat> Mike kind of shared a little bit of his, of his. Why don't we start with you, Mike? You got, you got, uh, you talked about your five Fs. You obviously have thought a little bit about this. You've been through it with two older children. We'll get to Melody here with a young one at home, and Carl. Uh, we'll get to you in a second here. But how, how do you do? Is it important to you? How do you balance it? You know, what's your philosophy on this? I do balance it. Um, I focus on it every single day. Um, it is my it is my uh, it is my north star to use Melody's um, um, uh, term because I was listening to to your to your topic, um, and it centers around everything I do. Um, and so you know, I have my job. Obviously, I sit on the board of four nonprofits, two of my chair. Um, I have a daughter that's a freshman in you know college and a freshman in high school, and a wife of twenty. Uh, 21 years. And, um, and so it is, uh, it is a constant and, and evolving um, um, equation. And, um, you know, the other day, I, I went to the doctor and I had higher cholesterol and, and high sugar, and I was weighed, you know, 196 on the scale. And I said, that's it, I'm going down 20 pounds. And I make a declaration and I say it to the family and I say, I'm, I'm my health or my fitness is, is out is out of sync, and I'm going back to solve it. 
Um, and you know, to the to the other point, if if you're down in a slump, uh, that means your fun factor is low. Go skydive, right? Or go do something to completely change the perspective of your of your current situation. Because the second that you change your perspective, you become you become thoughtful and introspective, and realize suddenly, right, that life's not so bad. I I, I chair Habitat for Humanity. I love the nonprofit. Right, you have a bad day at work. You step into the mission field of a nonprofit solving some of our most socially critical issues, and all of a sudden, you get back into your four-door sedan, you turn on the key, and you drive back to suburbia or wherever you may live, and you realize all of a sudden, if I had to throw all my problems into a problem pile with everybody else's, you grab yours back first, and immediately your perspective has changed. So that balance equation um, is my root, Joel, um, and I use I use my civic and my family engagement to continue to give, keep me um, in check. That's good. Thanks, Mike. I think what I take away from that is have some interests outside of work, some service, um, some time with family, and obviously take care of your health. Uh, what about you, Melody? Boy, this is whew, this would be interesting. An eight month old. I wasn't a mom, but I remember eight month olds. Yeah, I've had I've had four along the way, and it's I don't know how people do more. I don't know how people do more than one, Joel. So bless you for that. One, I was like, damn, I don't know how people do this more than one time. So (laughs) even even before the baby, though, I will say um, I've always maintained a work life balance. Um, I try not to work past seven p.m. and I try like hell not to work on Saturday and Sunday. Um, I think it's about maximizing the time that you're in the office um, and focusing on the big things, like figure out what are the four things that matter and spend your time on those things and then build a super smart team of people around you who can take care of the rest of it. Um, But from a, from a balanced perspective, I remember when I was leaving, thinking about leaving the air force. And I think most of us loved what we did and we didn't leave because we didn't love it. We left for other reasons. And when I was thinking about leaving, um, someone I really respected said to me, this job's never going to love you back. And you're not going to be old and say, I wish I'd spent more time at work. And I always keep that in my mind, especially on the bad days, this job, whatever job it is, my job, Carl's job, Mike's job, even Joel's job is never going to love you back. Mm-hmm. So give it the space that it needs, but don't give it more than that. I'll come back and give you my perspective in a minute, Melody, because I had somebody in the army tell me the same thing. That's one of the reasons I got out. Um, Carl, what about you? It's, I think it's pretty easy yeah. with your travel built by the hour, how easy it is to get caught up in the work-life balance. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm never the guy to ask the, uh, the work-life balance question because um, I, I, you know, just in general, probably operate, you know, in extremes most of the time. Um, so, uh, you know, earlier question, you know, how do I, how do I make partner? Um, uh, I dug in and decided that, you know, the right balance and the right time in my life to, uh, you know, progress and rapidly make career progression was that window of time. And so I dug in hard, um, you know, a hundred hour week was nothing. Right. Um, I got out, I was 28. Look, uh, you know, you can do consulting, you know, pre, pre 30, 
you know, pulling a couple all-nighters in a week was not uh, not a big deal. Now you hit like 35 and you're like, oh, the all-nighter doesn't feel so good anymore. So good I got that, got that out of the way early, right? But um, uh, I think everyone finds the right balance at the right time in their life, you know, with, with the job that they're doing. I feel like I found the right balances at the right times for me. Some of, you know, some of those setbacks that we talked about earlier and the timing was because, you know, that timing and the balance uh, I felt would be upset um, by some of the missed timings of, of certain events. I remember um, when I started my MBA, um, that was the year I, I promoted to senior manager, which is a step before partner here at EY. Um, I started my MBA and my son was literally born on the first day of class. Um, so that was a convergence of uh, stress and events in my life that I did not plan for, um, but I came out the better, the other side of that uh, uh, much better for it. So, you know, if I, I, it gave me an experience that I look back on and I say, well, if I can handle that time in my life, I can handle anything. And so to, to me, I think everyone's got to sort of look inside and say, what's the right balance for you, for your family? Um, and, and for what your objectives are um, and, and sort of sort that out. I think it's a very personal decision. So I think my, if I can chime in and give, give my experience here, probably, probably more on the Carl side, um, making partner at Cameron Russell Chuck as the CEO and I'm, I'm the only other partner uh, within the organization. And I made a lot of decisions early in my career with wanting to become a partner and that being the prior, that being a priority. I didn't always make the right decision on what I should do and where I should be. Um, I think for me, what I would share with other people is do the try to make the very best decision that you can with what to use with your resources, your time, your knowledge, whether it be on boards, your money, whatever you, whatever it is. That is what we talked about the true north, your why, whatever it is, try to figure out what that is. So that you're, if you, because you can't do that unless you know where you want to go and what you want to do. And that I use this with a lot of times with people preferred futuring in five years. What does a happy, successful life look like for you? 10 years, what does that look like for you? That'll help guide you. Do I stay here, do this? Do I stay here, do that? Do I invest in this? Do I do this graduate program at the same time? And so I, that would be my advice. And I would also tell you that it's okay if you don't get it 100% right and don't beat yourself up and do the best you can. I think your family will still love you for it, um, whatever decisions you made. I mean, I look at pictures of my two oldest daughters that are out of the house, graduated. I just was visiting my in-laws. I had a picture of my two oldest ones, like hugging each other on my oldest daughter's first day of kindergarten. I was like, oh my gosh, what did I do? And I called my wife. I was like, look at this picture. I was like, what did I do? I missed this. She said, yes and no. But look, because you did those things, we now have the resources to pay for college. We had the resources they didn't have to take out on debt. We could send them to these schools. So there was an investment. We didn't, I did make these things. And this is, I come back to is that my philosophy on work-life balance lends to, I don't have work-life balance. Sometimes I have a work and sometimes I have life. And I personally, sometimes it's work 
and I don't have a lot of life going on. And then work kind of subsides and I have more life, but they're rarely in this equilibrium for me. Like we're getting ready for our November conference. And for the next three weeks, I'm not going to have a lot of life. It's going to be more work um, than it is going to be life, but things will slow down. And that's when I schedule my time to go visit my family and things like that. And the next thing I would say is Melody and, and Mike alluded to this. And so did Carl is I would recommend doing something, a hobby, something or, or some service, something outside of work that allows you to, to learn, to take care of your fitness, that allows you to disengage. Um, that would be my advice. And mine was always exercise and working out. Two years ago, right before the pandemic, I took up golf. There's probably only one thing. And there's one thing that I don't think of when I don't think about work. And you guys, I am pathetic. Um, but when I'm on the golf course, I don't think about work. Two in the morning, I think about work. Right now, I'm thinking about work. Nine, an hour from now, I'm thinking about work. Play golf for some reason for four hours and I don't think about work. That would be my advice is that you might not always be in equilibrium. Find what's important to you. Maybe write it down, journal it. One of the things that I do, and I'll stop talking, is every morning when I have my quiet time and I go into my prayer, the next thing that I write out is, what am I going to let go of today? What am I going to focus on instead? And then what am I grateful for? Those are three questions I ask myself every day and I journal it. That would be one of my hacks I would share with people that really kind of like shocks me into what's important in my life. And um, I would share that all with you. So um, to kind of wrap this out, kind of go, go into the closing of the last question, we'll just start with Melody. Okay. You get to put a bow on everything that you said, and you could do it one of two ways, or you can do it any way you want, actually. You can either say, this is the best advice I've ever received. Don't, you know, maybe it's don't love the job because it's not going to love you back. I've learned that even at Cameron Brooks, super meaningful work. The people love me back, but the organization, the, 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 the job doesn't love me back. But what's the best advice or what advice do you want to share in these closing thoughts with our audience out there about work-life balance or career progression or just anything in general? I love a broad platform, Joel. Yes. No, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick I'm gonna stick with the veteran the veteranness of us all and say, you were successful because you were a leader. People hired you because you're a leader. Do not forget to keep being a leader, no matter what happens, no matter what development, no matter what you look for. Being a leader is what is most lacking in the world today. I don't care. Look at any part of it, and that is the number one role we can play, whether it's at work, in our social lives, or, you know, in volunteering like Mike does. Just, just keep being a leader and find that source within you that gives you the energy to keep bringing that every day. Thanks, Melody. Great advice. I will have one more question for you, but it's a super easy one when we end. Carl, got a broad platform. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, um, I'd say my number one advice is that, you know, your, your success will ultimately not, well, it will be driven by you, but it will also be mostly driven by the, the people that you surround yourself with and the, the people that, that you build and uh, are a part of your team. Um, and so uh, as we sort of started out the, the, the presentation and talking about relationships, re remember that those relationships that you build um, with your team members are 
uh, are the important ones, both uh, with your bosses and, and uh, your superiors, as well as those that, that work with you and, and work for you. Um, uh, th those are the most important relationships that, that you can develop and, and your success is ultimately going to be predicated by uh, how, how that team is able to support you throughout your career. It's good advice, Carl. Thank you. Kind of close, it goes back to what we talked right in the beginning about the other people. What about you, Mike? How do you want to wrap uh, up? Simple for me, love people, know your why, and don't communicate, but connect. So I had a, an amazing mentor in college. His name was Bob Drebs, also a mentor. Uh, I mean, excuse me, a veteran, uh, Navy um, uh, officer during Vietnam. And uh, he would, was so generous to me, but he always said to me, and I was real motivated, type A, I got to graduate with a high GPA. I got to go into the army, do this. He's like, stop, stop. Remember, it's not what you do. It's who you are. And I think that's, we've touched on a lot of that tonight. And Mike kind of just said that, love people. And remember, it's not what you do in life. It's who you are. It's, it's loving people. It's being a good person. It's serving others. It's doing the very best that you can, mentoring and developing other people, um, giving back. And Roger Cameron um, said this all a lot. And I just, I kind of get tears in my eyes. I just played golf with him uh, several weeks ago. And it was a great experience because he's this guy who's like really tough on me, but he really cares about people. And he always said, it's the little things that people are going to remember about you in your character. It's not going to be your big accomplishments. When it's all said and done, it's going to be these little things that people remember about you. Um, so maybe that will help you with work-life balance and how to think about your career progression. Maybe take some of that pressure off of, I got to be here. I got to be here now. I don't measure up. But what about this person? And compare myself to other people, but really look at you and where you want to be. And are you on track and authentic to yourself? Oh, wow. You guys have been amazing. So I got one last question for you guys. Um, it's a really tough one. We're going to send a little gift out to you. You, got, you. you can change your mind, but I want to know, you want a cool camera books, coffee mug, a hat. I might have golf balls, but I may have lost most of them. I don't know how many <laughs> back there anymore. I can look. So if you're a golfer, I can't promise that I've got many back there. But I got a nice coffee mug. It is really a super nice. And it's not like emblazed with camera sticks etched in and it's made out of really fancy pottery out of the place out of, out of Waco. Or you can send you a baseball cap. What do you want, Melody? I'm really into this mug, Joel. You 100% sold me on the mug. All right. You'll love it. Carl? I'm in for the golf balls if you can find them. But if not, I, I take a mug. I will get you the golf balls. I'll find them. I'll make Chuck, I'll make Chuck order some more or something like that. <laughs> Mike? Coffee for me. Golfing. All right. Sounds good. Melody, Carl, Mike, thank you so much. All the alum that you that stayed on here for this this evening to listen to it, all the alum that are watching the recording of this, uh, my sincere gratitude to all of you for choosing to, to make your transition through us. And I'm just proud to be a partner with all of you. Stay in touch. Um, and we'll get addresses from all three of you that are here. 
and we'll get uh, uh, the thank you gift out to you. Thank you so much from all of you guys for all of you guys. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in for the second half of the conversation with Melody, Carl, and Mike. Stay tuned for our next episode. I'm going to do an alumni interview with uh, one of our alumni, Stephen Sandoval, who, when I recorded the podcast, he had just gotten promoted, and he was coming back to a recent conference to backfill his position. So that's an interesting perspective, an interesting take, and one that I think you'll really benefit from. So stay tuned for that one. And, uh, and we'll talk to you real soon.